welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blum and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. And welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. I am very happy and excited to bring back one of my friends and a previous <laughs> guest on, on Food Farms and Chefs, Roberta Pepito, who is having so many great things happening in your life. I mean, obviously not everything is great, but like... Um, as far as your career is concerned, you definitely are having big things. Um, but welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you guys again. <laughs> I know it's a lot of fun. And oh, I thought Jean was going to say something. <laughs> um, so for our listeners out there, um, you you have a long history in the culinary world, and you I think began cooking like by, by your mother's side um, when you were younger. <clears throat> so let our listeners know a little bit about your history and how you got into everything. everything. <laughs> so it actually started really with my father, who's a, a baker and a chef. Um, so I was in the kitchen at a very young age, going to the bakery with him at a very young age. So food is just, and it's ingrained in my like culture as well, Italian and Brazilian. So we're always cooking. Um, so it's something I just grew up with for as long as I can remember, I was in the kitchen making homemade pasta, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you, I know that you've also created, um, numerous dishes for, and been highlighted on various TV shows, on magazines, um, on like on news channels, like, I get, t- I like when I look back and have to research, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. And I get tired just like kind of <laughs> looking through your, your, yeah. your resume and, um, and everything that you've, you've done. Yeah. I mean, it's been 11 years, actually almost 12 years, uh, down this road. I mean, I started blogging at Homemade Delish. And then from there, I started to get opportunities for TV. Um, I started doing local TV, like here in Philadelphia, Fox 29. Um, and then from there became national networks, which was a lot of fun, different experience. Uh, and I always tell people, like, if you're planning on doing TV, do a lot of regional, because that's a lot of good uh, practice, especially because when you get into big studios, there's a lot more cameras involved. Um, and just sharing my my love for food with people, I think that's the best part, because doesn't matter, you know, who you are, where you come from, people can come to the table and people always eat, right? Yes. Food, food is definitely a universal way to bring people together. That is 100% certain. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So obviously you started out with the blog, um, and creating recipes, but you've also, you know, since then hopped on, you know, on the different platforms on Instagram and Facebook and started doing things from home. I mean, did that start because of the pandemic? <laughs> I think we were all cooking or trying to find some some kind of normalcy, right, during that time. So, yeah, I was cooking a lot live with my husband 
Rick. And uh, we were just, you know, he's always my sous chef in the kitchen. So we figured it would be fun to do that together, you know, and it, it became a lot of fun. A lot of people enjoyed it. So, you know, we kept going with it for a little bit just to have some kind of normalcy, you know. Yeah. And I mean, along the way, you had different people pop on and join you um, on the dual screens like uh, Brian Duffy, I know, kind of frequented. <laughs> frequented. I love him. He's yeah, I great. think we all just like, yeah, we just all missed each other. And I think we just wanted to like, hey, how's it going? How, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> And so it's fun so. because, yeah, because it's like family. Like the more that you do that, the more people that you um, are introduced to within the culinary world, it's like a, a second family. So I, I it, it is. Yeah. And I have to. And, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have to applaud you, too, because one of the things we can't do do this on air. Um, we're not allowed to, for FCC rules, drink on air. But um, I loved the fact that like know, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of a lot of your shows were like, and here's wine. <laughs> I know, I know, and it's funny because, you know, when you're at home, you're enjoying your your cocktail or your wine or your whatever you're drinking, you know. And we would do that. We would cheers with people, and you know, just make it a norm as normal as possible, you know. Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to step away from, you know, just introducing, you know, some of the the, the outside skirting, like your blogs and, and YouTube and all of the social media platform stuff. You've obviously, you and Rick both are facing something right now, and you adjusted, I think, quite healthily to um, the situation. But, um, how like, how do you feed your body? Because... Food, no matter what, is going to enhance, like, affect you. Like, if you're eating healthier, you're going to start feeling feeling that effect. Like, maybe not initially, but definitely, like, in a week or two weeks, you start feeling a little bit better. And then maybe your mentality starts changing. You want to start going out and, like, walking around more. Um, so mm -hmm. what what is it that, you know, what are some of the, the foods that you've created that kind of you found help with healing your body? through nutrients? Well, I think everything in balance, first off, um, I don't think depriving yourself of eating a piece of cake or having chocolate or pasta or pizza is not the right thing to do because obviously our bodies still crave that. And we need those carbs. We need to have the sweets and stuff, but I think everything in balance. Um, but I tried to eat healthy during the week, you know, like Monday to Thursday, because Friday for me begins the weekend. So we like to splurge, you know, you like to have those things. But for me, it's just incorporating a lot of greens, making homemade dressings at home, um, just trying to make things homemade a lot, you know, uh, but definitely always having some kind of green in your, your like dinner plate, you know, yeah. either if it's a salad or spinach or just something, because this way, then you're like, okay, well, I had some greens. Now I can have like a little bit of pasta or some bread or, you know, and growing up with a father who's a baker, you know, I love bread. Like I, the smell of hot bread coming out of the oven is like heaven to me. <laughs> That's so, But balance. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you feel a little less guilty uh, when you do balance it like yes. that. Um, and I mean, smelling, smelling fresh baked bread, like wafted through <laughs> your house. 
is probably it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> like if you haven't they need, to, they need to make a candle with that scent if they don't already have one. But I feel like fresh baked bread. Ugh. I feel like we'd make a lot of people very hungry. Like the can like candle companies that are out, out there, like if you did that, people would probably be very, very hungry. <laughs> I know. I know for sure. But yeah, I think everything in balance, even with my kids, you know, like since they were babies, you know, now they're 14 and 12, I've always incorporated some kind of green in their, in their diet, like something, either broccoli, even when I was little, I didn't like to eat broccoli, but my dad would make it fun. He would be like, well, you're making the little tree sad. You got to eat the little tree, you know, <laughs> like just making it fun for them too, you yeah. know, and letting them try stuff. Don't automatically think that your kids or picky eaters like when parents go, oh, no, they're not going to like that. Don't even give it to them. Don't do that to your kids because kids, you know, if you start to say that, they automatically put it in their head like, oh, I'm not going to like that, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I can't I can't um, vouch for anything because I don't have any children. But I know Gene, he, you know, he's a chef and he also has kids. So, you know, feel free to pipe in on this conversation. No, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funny because, you know, the mother of both of my daughters was a chef as well and we would have this little thing who makes the best food and hey you know chase dad's this chase mom's this and that was a big thing to get them to eat all the different things and make a little competition and have a little bit yeah. of fun with it but you know <laughs> as adult now you know they're very and, and it's funny i have one daughter who is uh when she was young she ate two things chicken fingers and steak and would not touch anything else you know, and then she reaches oh, a point. Um, she she always told me she wanted to be a food taster too. I was like, um, you actually need to eat food to taste. Today she is, she was vegan for a little bit. She is not anymore, but really her mm. palate is so diverse now and so healthy oriented, and you know, very little red meat and and uh, you know, even very little chicken, a lot more fish, but. You know, mm -hmm. you just got to keep guiding them and planting the seed and sooner or later. Absolutely. That's grow. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think that's so, so true. And the thing is with fish, I love, for me, I love the Mediterranean diet, which is like the fish and the vegetables and like the hummus and the pita bread. Like I can live on like cheese and all that kind of Mediterranean life for forever. Like I love a good cheese board and a good charcuterie board. Like I could eat that for dinner all the time. <laughs> And then you get like the like such a wide selection too, because you know you, the, they're creating charcuterie boards that are like far more interesting than they used to be. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yep, so true. Far from like the traditional little like Ritz crackers and like sliced little cheeses, you know, it's uh, it gets very uh, actually competitive out there, you know. Yeah, I definitely um Dave uh, Shirataki, I think is his name or something to that matter. He uh. He, I'm I'm not gonna say his full name because his uh Instagram name is a little inappropriate for FCC rules. But um <laughs> <laughs> but he he's one of the people that that creates charcuterie boards that are just elaborate, like those big ones that like they have they make it into like an art form. Um Yes. I I would feel so guilty like eating off of that. <laughs> Cause it's so pretty, right? It but is. that's the thing is we, we eat with our eyes first. And that's why I love pretty food. Like yeah. when I plate, you know, because I want people like, because you're not, you're not at my house eating. So I want you to eat with your eyes at least when you're looking at my Instagram or whatever, you know? Yeah. 
And I mean, you do create like delicious meals at home and like, you know, for people to follow along on your blog and, you know, in the magazines and uh, mm -hmm. ad nauseum at like all of the different spots that, that you can find your uh, recipes at. Um, like you have such a, a like a, a large following and such a eclectic version of like different foods. What are some of your favorite foods to create? I love Italian food. I mean, I think that's just one of the things that I just can, I can't step away too much from it, like Italian food and Latin food. And I think that's just because of who I am and who I was brought up with, but Italian food, there's just something about it. You know, I don't, I mean, you can just, you can create so much, you know, with just different kinds of herbs and, and, you know, the pastas that they make, but it's not just all about pastas too. You know, there's different things like, like a good which is like a stuffed rolled meat and a good sauce and you know there's like fish stews there's so much that you can make yeah so but definitely like I think very European you know and like I said I don't veer away from my Latin culture which is Brazilian and you know I love my rice and beans I will always have that you know but for sure definitely Italian gotcha and I mean, I do see you cook Italian a lot on um when you when you put I up do. live videos, <laughs> and and your cats I sometimes do. you know video bomb you. But <laughs> oh my god, yep, yep, <laughs> which is they one of do, my favorite sure. things. Um, but yeah. let's move into a little bit more about like so you you've been doing this for a while, obviously, and mm -hmm. recently you promoted on Instagram that you have some new shows coming out. Um, so what is the first show, the America's Comfort Food? So America's Comfort Food is, I, I swear, like just the timing of things. And I don't know if I even spoke to you about this, but you know, you obviously know what's going on with my husband, you know, he has cancer and he's going through that, but just the timing of everything in life. Like I've worked so hard to have a show for so long. And at one point I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing it. But last year when we got hit with this news, it was more like, you know, what? I'm going to put this to the side for now and just, you know, focus on my family. And out of nowhere, you know, just things happen, you know, and I think they're just meant to have to happen. And for me, I have a lot of faith too. So I feel like it was all in God's timing mm -hmm. and uh, recipe.tv, which reached out to me, um, Lisa Renee Ramirez, who is an amazing producer, director. She's a multi Emmy award winning powerhouse of a woman. I have to say she reached out and, you know, we connected and she came out, they flew out from LA and we taped America's comfort food here in Philadelphia, my hometown, which I was like super excited about. And from there it was, I got my own show. So now it's called the other show is called what's for dinner with Roberta Pepito. So that is the second show that we taped and it will be um, coming out in the summer. So it was, I mean, it's unreal, you know, like just these things that happen in life, you know? Yeah. So, but I'm breaking it with you now here, you know, that it was this huge opportunity. It's um, you can find it on, if you go to your local TV listings and you look for recipe.tv um, it'll pop up. Um, it's an Allen, Allen Media Group. Byron Allen is, you know, the president, the owner, 
of um, the corporation and all that. And it's just amazing. I'm so blessed and so honored to be part of that, you know? So they, how, how did, um, how did they initially like, you never know, you? you never, you, you, and that's what I was going to tell you. You never know who's watching. Yes. You, you never, you, you never know who's watching you, who's listening to you, who's paying attention, especially on social media. Um, uh, so it just, it just happened that way. They were following me and they were just like, we like, you know, your personality, who you are, and, you know, we would love to work with you. And it was actually Lisa Renee who, uh, I mean, she is, when I tell you she's the tiniest woman, but like, I call her the little energizer bunny because I swear she guided me through this whole thing. And there were times there that I was like, I don't know if I could do this, you know? And she's like, you got this, like, you know, and it's like women supporting women. And I think it's such a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. And she's also a fellow, she's also a fellow Latin girl. So, you know, it was nice to just have comfort in that as well. Yeah. And I mean, you, I love supporting women as well. And I know Gene does, uh, you know, in, as, as well too, because he's surrounded mm-hmm. by women. Um, <laughs> hey, you think I have enough in my life? <laughs> no, I think you need a few more. <laughs> I have, we're burning to be clear, clear. I have four daughters and even the oh dog. God. Okay. So oh I, I do have, I do have a stepson, but. You know, the, in my household growing up at one point in time, I had, you know, right now I have two 24-year-olds and two 21-year-olds. So there were four teenage daughters at once running around. And even <laughs> the dog was, you know, even I don't even have a male dog. I'm, I'm just out of luck. So. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. That's amazing, though. That's amazing. <laughs> and your co-host, co-host and co-owner of the show is also female. <laughs> You're just inundated with us. Listen, <laughs> listen, who who runs the world? You know, I'm just saying, just putting it out there. My grandmom would always say, you know, the man can be the head of the house, but the woman is the neck and she'll make the man's head turn anywhere. So that's what she would always say, which I thought was hilarious. But, yes, um, yeah, that's so an old, that, that's an old Italian statement that it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a huge opportunity and I hope, you know, everybody tunes into it and, you know, I'm really excited. Uh, we did uh, six episodes, 18 recipes. So um, I can't wait for everybody to see it in America's comfort food. We will be traveling around the U S and, you know, just going around and showing you guys a lot of different things. Obviously, in Philadelphia, um, I actually took one of the chefs from Recipe.TV with me, along with me, uh, Chef Edward Delling-Williams. He went with me all around Philadelphia. I took him to a couple different places, obviously iconic places, too. Um, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what what are some of the premises of the I within reason? Because I know that you can't talk about it in detail because, you know, you're mm-hmm. probably under some sort of NDA. But um, <laughs> prior to the show actually showing. I know. <laughs> um, but like, it's, you know, so are we going to see for what's for dinner? Are we seeing you in a kitchen that's at home? Or are you seeing, you know, are we going to see you in a studio kitchen? No, it's, it's a kitchen at home. Okay. Um, but it's, it's like, 
you know, like if you watch, you know, any like cooking channel, cooking, you know, like they're in their own kitchen at home. So that's basically what we're, we're bringing to you guys. And, you know, and I, and I like to have fun in the kitchen and, you know, with goofy things. So you, you're definitely going to have some surprises there. Okay. <laughs> now, are you going to have any, I gifts? just like to, I just like to make it fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now with the, um, your traveling one with America's comfort food, are we going to see more guests on, um, in addition to, uh, the, the chef that you brought around to iconic Philly locations? Um, you know, like, what are we looking forward to? <laughs> So with this one, it's just basically going to be me with this. When we brought Edward over, it was more of them, which I thought was beautiful to welcome me to the recipe.tv family, which I think was amazing. But also it's me welcoming him. Like, you know, he's all the way, he came all the way from France, you know, to see Philadelphia, to be in Philadelphia. And it was a nice way kind of to incorporate like welcoming me into the family and me showing him where I'm from, you know, where I grew up going to or, you know, Italian market and stuff like that. So there's a lot there. So you got to tune in for that. It should be, it should be out soon though. America's comfort food. So I will keep posting it when uh, the time comes. Did I hear you, Gene? You did not. I'm just listening and I'm very excited. I'm (laughs) Googling it to see if it was available yet, but uh, you know, I'm not yet. And, I, and, and, I, <laughs> and, and that's I why you gotta stay tuned. <laughs> that's right. And I love that you know, like me, you're a Bucks County person, and you know, we're uh, we're actually not very far apart in our you know geographic area, so we know a lot of the the great things that we have up here in Bucks County, as well as Philadelphia. So, yeah, and that's the and that's the nice thing is that. You know, I grew up in Northeast Philly all my life. I'm a Northeast Philly girl through and through, but I've moved, I've been living out here in Bucks County. My husband is from this area and I've grown to love Bucks County um, just as much as Philadelphia. It's beautiful up here. And there's so many amazing, excuse me, restaurants um, coming around here in the area. It's not just in center city, you know, so it's nice. Yeah. Bucks County is gorgeous and there's a lot to do. It is. Yeah. Uh, Because obviously I travel all over the place, too. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, so it's it's not unusual for me to find myself in Bucks County, especially like, you know, the food scene there, you know, is phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously I know a few people that live out that area. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So what what else can we look forward to? I mean, not that you're not already doing so much, but, you know, what's next for you? So we're definitely going to do another, I mean, it's going to keep, this is something that we're going to keep doing. So it's definitely different cities. So like if I ever post, like if you follow me and I go, Hey, does anybody have any recommendations for this city or for this, you know, state or whatever? I would love feedback too. If we could stop in the certain areas, you know Um, but it's one of those things now where it's still like, you know, tight lipped until it actually like comes out. Yeah. Um, so that's the only hard part is like, I want to like say, oh my gosh, guys, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, it's one of those things where you got to kind of wait. And, um, but yeah, truly uh, a blessing uh, to work with the whole crew. They're just amazing. So, yeah. Do you, can you let us know or let our listeners know when it'll air or is that still hush hush too? So what's for dinner is coming in the summer. 
So, I mean, I don't know the exact date yet, but I will definitely post as soon as I know. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, the thing is you don't realize how much goes into these cooking shows. Yeah. The process uh, that it takes. I mean, I didn't even know. I was just like, oh, I'm going to cook and, you know, I'll be done in a couple of hours. No, it's like (laughs) 12, 13 hour days and you know, and the fun thing is with, with Lisa Renee, like she was so good at directing because she was just like, all right, you gotta like, give me a little more energy. Like, you know, and then I would see it. She's like, come and look at the camera and see yourself. So this way you can like see what you're doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not like me at all. You know? (laughs) So you have to give, yeah, you have to give like 110%. Like it is because you come out like plain, like, you know, uh, like if you don't have energy, you know? So it's definitely different from live TV from what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the camera, the camera guys, the camera people, the sous chefs, like everybody is just outstanding. But yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I was only on one TV, like Good, Mo- Good Morning Delaware show. And um, yeah, I have to say, like, I, it doesn't phase me having the different cameras shooting at me. I think mm-hmm. I was... I was more nervous because the seat that I had to sit on was so high up. I was so afraid that I was going to fall off. I think I like <laughs> on camera, I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Yeah. The cameras, the cameras don't phase me anymore. I mean, I remember when I first started, I was nervous, you know? Um, but the thing is like with live TV and like pre-recorded and then doing a show, are three completely different animals like from everything that I've experienced like live you're live if you screw up you screw up you gotta keep going and you know it is what it yeah it is what it is and then pre-recorded is usually pretty good because if you're only doing one recipe it's fine yeah but like a show it's like we need to take beauty shots of the food and it's like beauty shots of this and it's like can we redo promos and you know commercials and it's it's a lot (laughs) And I maybe maybe Jean and all Jean and I will luck out one day and have one of those shows too, so we'll experience it with you. <laughs> or maybe I can join you on um like I'll sign like an NDA and I can join you on one of the shows and just like see what what all happens behind scenes, so I get some sort of concept of it and like um. But I'm excited for you. I've been excited Thank for you. you. And um so. For our listeners out there, where can they find you online? Where can they find you, um, you know? So they, all all social media, um, either Roberta Pepito or Homemade Delish. Um, You know, Homemade Delish is still my baby. It's still there. You know, it's what brought me to where I am today. Um, But now it's a new step. It's a new, it's a new chapter, you know? And I always tell that to people, like, you're in one chapter, but the chapter turns and you have another opportunity coming. So exactly. And I look forward to watching you on television, watching you on the <laughs> shows. Um, and, you know, also when you pop on <laughs> like IG live and Facebook live and all of that, I, <laughs> I, I, Which I we, we, we will be doing that later today. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you, Rick and the cats. I know. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Um, But thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs and sharing uh, the announcement with our, you know, with us and with our listeners. Yeah. And um, and thank you. Thank you. And uh, I wish you all the luck uh, 
break legs as the saying goes. <laughs> and we will we will tune in as soon as we find out exactly when it airs on JTV or uh, recipe recipe TV. Recipe dot recipe dot TV. Yep. So congratulations, Roberta. Awesome. Thank you so much. Very, very much deserved. You are an inspiration to many in the food industry, whether you know that or not. Thank you so much, Gina. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. And we will be right back after this very short break. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blum and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am thankful to have on Vladimir Grin. Is it Grinberg? That um, yes. So Vladimir, you own the Organic Grill, and you're the founder. You co-own it with your wife and your stepdaughter Julia. Um, yeah. Yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? Uh, because I know that you, as a young younger ch- child, um, learned learned how to cook, and were you were cooking in restaurants um at the age around 13 i think yeah yeah it just uh, was something that uh, i was exposed in my life uh, but it was never never really a dream of mine uh to own a restaurant it just uh, we were exposed um, in a family uh to the sickness my mom was sick at the time and uh, uh when we saw how vegan organic food helped her to stay alive literally stay alive because she she was uh threatened with uh, uh with cancer uh, and was given like a, a month to leave uh, and then she lived productive uh almost nine years and when she passed we decided to open organic and vegan restaurant to kind of commemorate her memory and her impact on all of our family so while she was sick and while you were um, growing up and be acclimating to that diet um, and the dietary uh, needs of your mother, what was it like? Did you have that history? Did you know how to create meals that were organic and micro um, or macro no, we diets? Kind of, uh, we kind of, uh, I had, I had necessary skills to cook, but uh, no, never... Uh, was exposed to veganism before uh, the um, accident, right? And uh, um, never really understood the value of organic uh, food before we actually faced a uh, necessity of it. Um, it was always in my head, and I heard many times that food is a healing uh, element, but it was always like a, just a good thing to say, never something that I was uh, given a lot of proof in my personal life, right? And after we faced um, the power of it, we decided to completely commit ourselves and embrace it. Which is a good thing. Um, now, you grew up uh, being a Jewish-Russian, if I... if I. Uh, yeah, I, I came from Ukraine. We are Jewish. We lived in Ukraine uh, almost... Uh, now at least 32 years ago oh wow so looking back um with what you had available was it easy to obtain the ingredients to um create this diet 
Uh, we we started uh, this uh, when we already were in United States. Oh, okay. So you you had obviously like a wealth of uh, nutrients that were available to you um, in the U.S. So, I mean, at, at the time uh, it was uh, it was kind of a uh, segregated group of people who would go to co-ops because there was no Whole Foods at the time. <laughs> so you had to you had to find your ways to know uh, people in, in the local community who organize uh, food co-ops or uh, have a direct relationship with farmers who would deliver. So there was no uh, widespread network of health food stores at the time. Yeah, that's a fair point because I forget sometimes, um, given the, the generation gap, um, it's a small one, but there's still like a generation gap of the availability of things like Whole Foods and Sprouts and Trader Joe's, which is abundant now. And they offer, you know, produce that you wouldn't normally find at a regular grocery store. Um, I think regular grocery stores obviously are starting to pick up on the trend finally of like having that healthier nutritional food um, that's nutri- nutrient rich. But back then, I didn't I didn't even think of that back then. Like there was probably a limit on what you could find when you went grocery, you know, shopping. So it, it, it is a, honestly, to be completely fair, I think it's a tricky question because now it's more commercialized mm-hmm. and uh, um, third parties, if you say, uh, kind of taking advantage of it. There is a certification process and, uh, and it all came from demand because uh, before that it was enough just to buy from farmers and there was certain certain level of trust and certain level of uh, um, availability responsi- uh, responsibility to support them and uh, to support food co-ops now you can just but you also had to commit your time to to help them to organize produce and you have to become a member which would dedicate certain amount of time a week. So it, uh, if you look at it in the, from a different perspective, you were more involved and more aware of uh, of the processes. Now you can go to the store, just pay and and get it. Um, so, but it it also made made the food more expensive because there are more middlemen on in between. This is true, <laughs> and, and especially with everything, all the prices of everything rising anyway, um, you know, it, it makes a difference. So now given because we've had different um, co-ops and CSAs on our show in the p- past, and we do know that you do have to apply to be a member. And yes, you are mm-hmm. correct. You know, put on put through X amount of hours um, dedicating to also helping the co-op with the growth of the produce um and it matters and it but i think it also like makes it a little bit better that you're you know you know exactly what's going into what you're going to eat because you grew it yourself do you are you still involved in any of the co-ops uh to tell you the truth uh when you're running a commercial uh organization like a restaurant it's hard to deal with small co-ops or or just individual farms because they usually uh focus on only certain certain uh types of produce that they grow so more realistic 
uh, uh, is that uh, restaurants are uh, dealing with uh, distributors. It's a nice, nice story to say that you're supporting farmers and co-ops, but realistically, in order to have a variety and diversity of produce, um, probably most of the restaurants dealing with uh, um, distributors. We do have individual farmers that we have long-term relationship, and uh, we kind of... Uh, are privileged to to work with them when they have certain certain type of harvest and they call us in advance, so we take advantage of this kind of relationship. Now I know that you like going back to uh, your actual restaurant that you founded, the Organic Grill. Um, I know that you previously had it located in the East Village um, area. Correct. And, uh, you know, during COVID, you had to move locations. Um... It, was, it wasn't, it just kind of co co coincided. Uh, um, the landlord decided to sell the building. So we still had um, a certain amount of years left on the lease, but there was no reason to stay there because we knew already they're not going to uh, prolong the lease for the restaurant. They wanted to do something else. So we we moved to another neighborhood, but we did uh, stay in the community for 22 years. Yeah. And, you know, and I know that through some of my research, you had in that community, you had a, a wealth of um, people who were dedicated, who, you know, came to you, who ate what you, you know, had on the menu. Um, what was it like transitioning into a new location and, you know, have... kind, of, kind of hard, I, I tell you honestly, and I thought um, foolishly that uh, uh, loyalty and uh, and long term relationship would kind of uh, bring bring majority of our customers to a new location because it's only like uh, literally 10 minutes walk. It did. We we had uh, about 70% of our clients um, kind of come with us, but they're not as frequent now. And we still had to do a lot of work to get to know new community and reach out to a new organization, which was a very positive experience for us to, to get to know a new group of people, to get to know what, uh, what is... Uh, relevant for our new customers because you'll be surprised some of the dishes that were uh, so popular for years and years were not uh, that uh, inviting for new audience so uh, there was some kind of uh, um, lessons to learn and um, feedback was very important yeah uh, now, my co-host, who is, you know, a little quiet right now because, you know, his, unfortunately his throat's a little bit sore today, but um, I'm sh he's a chef, so he knows a lot about um, transitioning and, like, uh, cooking, you know, for a wide variety of palates. But, I, you know, Gene, what, what's one of your questions for, for Vlad? <laughs> So when you started out your business, you've been doing it quite some time now. What was the initial, you know, how did people take to you originally? I mean, veganism and, and macrobiotics and, you know, healthy eating while in New York has been popular longer than it has been in Philadelphia. It's certainly a, a newer trend. So you know, did you experience any type of bias or were people unsure? Did you have to? 
you know, work on convincing them uh, in the, in the get go. Um, so uh, it's interesting. Uh, people have imp impressions that uh, it's a newer trend, <laughs> vegan uh, cuisine and uh, 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 veganism as a movement. But in reality, when we started, it was like a golden era of veganism in in New York. The East Village at one point had maybe fifteen restaurants uh, on a ten block. <laughs> Uh, uh, distance. We had health food store right next to us. That's actually why I ch uh, I have chosen that location. We had a hippie, uh, probably one of the oldest uh, health food stores in New York. Uh, the name was uh, Prana, and we were right next door to it. They they stayed unfortunately only three years open while we were there, but it was a great collaboration, and we enjoyed it. So at the time, it was really neighborhood of um, underground, a lot of music, uh, art, and musicians and artists were living there. And they were definitely pioneers of veganism in New York. A lot of uh, bands uh, were our customers. It was a really cohesive community. If, if To answer your question, what was the challenge? Challenge was... Uh, not to to try at least for me i was always thinking of it as a um restaurant that unites and uh, um kind of embodies spirit of community rather than creating something exquisite that people can't get anywhere else uh, my hope was always people coming in uh having uh, almost like a housemade food that they look at and say oh i can do it at home i can i can eat something like that at home it's tasty for me vegan food is not just different category of food it's just tasty food so as long as you're not allergic to good food i thought you can eat our food i mean you... many, years, many years ago i had a wonderful opportunity to uh intern under and work alongside a wonderful macrobiotic chef here in Philadelphia mm. uh, by the name of Lindsay Gilmore. And, and mm. you know, macrobiotics, the same reason her brother had cancer, uh, he got into it and she, you know, learned from that. So the, the stories are so similar and people don't realize, you know, today, you know, the value of taking refined sugars out of your diet and you know, processed foods and, and everything like that. And, and it's so wonderful to hear your story because it, it really, you know, speaks to how in America we have the best foods in the world and we just eat them all wrong and we process them wrong and we eat too many of the wrong foods, uh, much like Roberta was speaking earlier, everything in moderation. So, you know. Jim, it's very, go ahead. Kudos to you for, for telling that story. But, uh, Jean, it's very uh, uh, significant that you just brought uh, up macrobiotic uh, approach because this is how our restaurant started, okay? When I, I told you that my mom got sick, uh, she started to look for solutions, and she went to local uh, library. It was probably pre-internet, and she found a small book about macrobiotic food, and she told me, I want to go to that retreat. And I should uh, be first to admit that I was kind of uh, skeptical, and I told her that I'd love to help, but in your condition, 
people are so eager to sell you snake oil, mm. right? And uh, but we decided that uh, there is there are, there were no not many options, so we should go. So uh, me and her, we went to macrobiotic retreat. That's how I got introduced to this. We went to Berkshire and uh, stayed there for a month, and then when we came back uh i contacted uh chefs that i met there and they were helping me to open a restaurant so it all started as macrobiotic restaurant yeah i mean it is a whole new level for people who don't understand you know the difference you know vegan is you know the lack of any animal product but when you get into macrobiotics and you get into you know no refined sugars and and just a whole different world yeah, let's uh, no, this food, yeah. It's it's a really wonderful and and one of the things I truly loved about her cooking and it and I did a little research on your restaurant, you know, is the when you can do dessert <laughs> and pastries with no cream and no butter and no refined sugar and they are simply delicious. Like that's the mark of you know, someone who really understands their craft. Yeah, we try to simplify uh all the ingredients and I would say that 99% of everything we do is made from scratch at, the, at our place. We we don't buy anything pre, pre, prepared. Even like mayos and uh, sauces uh, for cheeses and our sausages, we all make ourselves. Nice. Wonderful. Oh, I would say I didn't know if you wanted to give your voice a break, but um, I was going to say, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about some of the menu items? Because I was looking it up and I'm to be fair, my mother's a a vegetarian and I was a vegetarian for 10 years before I started reintroducing meat into my um, dietary uh, regimen. But (laughs) I have to say from the 10 years that I was a, a vegetarian, um, going to health food stores and, you know, finding the wealth of like options that, you know, are the mock foods. There's, there's a, amazing options out there. You know, obviously if you're on a macro diet, it's not going to be the best diet, you know, for you, for you, because you can't, it's not the, the non-preservatives, no, you know, like, so when you get something that's frozen, obviously there's preservatives in it. But for you guys, you are creating these meals and your menu um, options span like a lot of different flavors. So tell our listeners, you know, some of the the offerings that you have on your menu. Uh, Just to to take uh, uh, into consideration that we are in New York, it's a widespread uh, uh, international menu. We have tofu masala and we have mac and cheese, right? (laughs) Uh, uh, so um, we have kumpao bowl, which is like a traditional uh, jasmine rice with veggies, and um, and we also have burgers. So we try to uh, be a collective. We try not to not to kind of get uh, focused on one dish. Uh, in my view, organic grill is uh, um, is almost like a. Um, home style dine, diner food like good quality food that you would uh enjoy uh having at home okay and uh, just because we're doing it for so long nobody calls it uh, organic grill anymore <laughs> everybody calls it og okay so are you going to og or they talk about og burgers so it's 
uh, it's a common uh, um, phrase, sh a short name for, for organic grill now. Um, they, so they use your acronym OG and, you know, it's cute too, because you're kind of like the OG of vegan food, you know, in New York, because you've been around yeah, for a while. We, we, we even have, we even have a website, vegan OG. It's hopefully <laughs> going to be our book that we write in the next year or year and a half. Ah, here's another announcement on food farms and chefs. You're writing a book. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. So, um, what are some of your more popular items? Because I, I had to say, when I was looking through your website, I, I laughed a little bit because I thought it was super cute. You have not, not piggies in a blanket. <laughs> right. We have not piggies in a blanket. We have not scallops. <laughs> And yeah, so a, a lot of, uh, but pro probably burgers are our um, more popular items. Uh, a lot of our starters like mac and cheese, uh, uh, we have loaded fries, uh, um, uh, we have uh, cauliflower um, uh, in different sauces that we uh, roast. People love those uh, uh comfy food, uh, uh, but comfortable and uh, convenient food shouldn't be junk food. Uh, there are many ways to, to make it nutritious and still flavorful. Exactly. Now, I read something in one of the articles that was written on you that you were considering um, opening up a, a refrigerated section so that people can bring your foods home. Yeah, it's always, uh, especially... As prices are going up now, uh, ordering just small takeout may not necessarily serve your needs, especially if you uh, have a bigger family or your lifestyle uh, uh, based on shifts uh, that may be working nights or working morning. So we always wanted to to offer people something that they can take home and stuff refrigerator for for week. Okay, and uh, we always do it for holidays, like on Thanksgiving or New Year. You can pick up trays and not to cook and just enjoy your family. Um, so we do our cheeses in uh, in bulk. We do our sausages. You can buy burgers, frozen or cooked, or by dozen, that type of thing, yeah. Now, can people order that just locally, or is that something where you guys would ship it um, nationwide? For now, locally, but uh, we, are, we are looking into this, yeah. Especially now it's becoming widespread phenomena that you can get anything from anywhere. Yeah, and I mean, I know places like Gold Belly are, are one of the yeah. more popular, you know, uh, I think global, um, but definitely stateside um, companies that ship all over the U.S. So, you know, the availability just in and of itself and, you know, being able to offer something that's unique because I feel like there's a lack of, you had mentioned um, Masuma curry, like as a sauce. That's something that I absolutely love, but it's in vegan form. I feel like there's a lack for, you know, being able to purchase something that was pre-made so that I could bring it home and just, you know, reheat it either in the oven or the microwave. Um, so that would be outstanding to have something that obviously is a phenomenal product because you wouldn't be so like 
out there for so long as a restaurateur mm. if it weren't for there being a very tasty, delicious menu that people want to keep going back to you for. I agree, agree. And also, I wanted to mention, it's always a dilemma, at least for me, uh, how is this food not, not, not to become elitist food, okay? Because uh, uh, we are, whatever anybody says about a vegan being mainstream now and organic being mainstream, mainstream it's still a um, kind of a niche food and uh, once we uh, try to uh, send it uh, nationwide uh, it might become uh, almost uh, um, unaccessible for certain category of people because it, it will become more and more expensive so we always kind of worrying that uh, by making it so unique and uh, selective, we might uh, cut off certain category of people who would benefit from it. So we always try to incorporate in our menu certain items that are affordable and uh, give possibility for people to enjoy vegan food uh, without completely breaking their budget. Yeah. And that's that's a good that's a good thing like that you're looking out for everyone's um, benefit, you know, because obviously you, you're in a business, so you need to be able to make money. But you also have to be able to have have it be accessible to everyone, as you said. Um, yeah, because when when you go to some unique. Uh, um, 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 I also even whole foods and you see uh, cashew cheese uh, that is fermented that is 30 of $35 per pound. There is no justification for it. Okay. There is no way uh, this kind of food uh, uh, would be two, three times more, more expensive than conventional uh, products. So you, you have to keep it <laughs> relatable to, to, uh, average audience otherwise it's going to be again going only to elite uh, type of customers which we definitely don't want to do because veganism is a lifestyle and uh, making food uh, unaccessible is not making it uh, uh, engaging yeah and in i mean circling back to the fact that you know if if you are utilizing it to help extend yourself you know your life and or heal your body from nutrients you know you're already paying a pretty penny uh, medically like you need to be able to focus on that and have the nutrients that you're taking into your body be a reasonable price because obviously you don't want to lack the nutrients and and nutritional value of the foods that you're eating Yes, and this is a personal uh, choice and personal commitment, but I also don't want to go easy on uh, on, on assistance of 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 uh, organizations and maybe even a government. Right? Yes, government found a way to uh, capitalize on organic certification because it became uh, uh, part of uh, a trend and. Uh, it, it's clearly seen as a uh, as a something that that can benefit uh, uh, 
price politic, right? But uh, uh, at the same time, when when the depression was uh, was an issue, government found a, a way to uh, subsidize meat, for example, right? So why don't we do something to subsidize organic food? Or God forbid, uh, we uh, uh, ban uh, GMO, right? So it's not only a necessarily personal issue, but it's a quality of life issue that uh, that uh, governing bodies should be getting uh, worried about and should get involved and hopefully facilitate us uh, to, to adopt uh, healthier lifestyles. I'm gonna uh, have to uh, chop you off right there and like cut, cut you off there. Um, so speaking of adopting healthier lifestyles, we unfortunately have run out of time. So thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you guys. Thank you very and much. Before we let you go, where can we find you online and in person? Okay, so this is uh, website theorganicgrill.com. Uh, we have an Instagram account, Organic Grill. We are in West Village of New York, right next door to world-famous Blue Note Jazz Club and across the street from a world-famous comedy cellar, uh, comedy club. So it's easy to find us. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs, Lad. And um, you can find us on Food Farms and Chefs by telling your smart device to play it. And you can find... Gene Blum uh, at ibfoodie2 or Gene Blum across most social media. And if you would like to email him, you can email him at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can email myself or find me on social media by following arpolicus or emailing me at arpolicus at gmail.com. 